Avengers Infinity War is the latest movie from Marvel Entertainment. Marvel's uncanny ability to crank out one multi-billion dollar box office behemoth after another is a testament to so many things. Iconic characters, terrific casting, great creative. But there's another piece of this puzzle that gets overlooked. Marketing. Marvel has mastered the fine art of promoting its films, and not just through the usual billboards and trailers. Marvel gets the word out through what it calls partnerships, which is a kind of alliance between a piece of intellectual property and a consumer brand. Think, for instance, of the quid pro quo promotion you might have spotted when Lexus showed up in Black Panther. There's a fine art to this little understood aspect of the industry, so we're going to talk to one of its master practitioners, Marvel's Mindy Hamilton, Senior VP of Global Partnerships. So let's just start with defining partnerships. What kind of deals you strike with brands? And, and I know it's not a cookie cutter thing. It, it, it is not, although sadly, so many people do approach it, approach it that way. And I think hopefully by the end of this conversation, I will give some pe- folks out there some tips on how to break through that. Um, I would say the dry definition of what I do is um, I develop third party partnerships, brands, relationships, um, in order to um, amplify our, our efforts. And what is entailed in partnerships uh, can be the anything from product placement to sourcing to um, co-branded marketing campaigns on the back end in the theatrical or in the home entertainment window for films um, or to help launch a TV show, video game, um, or in, our, in the case of our digital content, ramping up our new studio and content engine. So can you give a specific example? I know you guys just have this little movie out there called Black Panther <laughs> and a little car company called Lexus that came together in some interesting ways. Yeah, we did. Um, I would say that's the exciting part. I gave you the dry definition. The The exciting part of what we do is really, it's all about eventizing our releases. It's about amplifying that emotional connection. So we get to play in a space where um, you know people expect to see television spots, outdoor, magazine covers, all of those things that um, our genius marketing team has to get to. Those are the nuts and bolts of a campaign. Where I get to come in and play is I get to develop a campaign with a brand to pop up in an unexpected place, in an unexpected way. It allows me to go deeper, not only in a storyline or end in a character, but it also allows me to go deeper into target audiences and really funnel focus so I can deal with the brand, per se, like a General Mills and target parents and kids, right? And then go over here and I want to hit millennials and above with, say, such a lecture. Um, I think the genesis of Lexus was that was one of those beautiful things. Lexus represented not just performance and luxury as far as in their DNA, um, but in addition to that, they were already speaking to multicultural audiences, right? It was just a part of their daily conversation. Um, and so it wasn't something that it was they needed to grow or needed to focus on or something that was a new lever. So that was really important. And the reason it's important is when you're doing partnerships, authenticity. It, there has to be some authenticity to it. So um, those conversations started year and a half, two years out. Um, we had no idea the placement was going to be what the placement ended up uh, being. Ryan Coogler did, but he didn't tell us, which was great. <laughs> well, well, how do you navigate that part of it? Because I can imagine a Ryan Coogler saying, oh, brands? I, that's This is a piece of art, so there's no room for that. I will say that Ryan Coogler, who is a massive, massive Marvel fan, um, happily um, wanted to meet with the Lexus folks. Um, when I came to him and he said, you know, I said, listen, there are certain placements that are going to happen in this film. Auto is one of them. I didn't have all the details. And I said, I believe in this brand. 
Um, and he said, you know what, bring them in. I want to talk to them. I want to see the vehicle. I want to see if it fits. Um, and it was, it was literally lightning in a bottle from the very first moment. He jumped on top of a million-dollar prototype car and took the position that we now know and we see in film. Um, we had no idea what he was doing. And he went, yep, this feels right. This is the one. And after talking to them and getting a sense of their DNA and what they wanted to do, um, I think he was really impressed that they wanted to start early out and build credibility and a mythology with the character long before the film got here so that there was um, synergy and a built-in audience. Um, so he was, he was on board right from the get-go. Well, I hear that, and it sounds like what we call product integration mm -hmm. is a big piece of what partnerships is. Uh, it can is be. It, is it more than that, and can it exist without that element? Do you have, do you do deals where the product doesn't necessarily end up in the movie? I would say we do more deals that have no product placement. Huh. And I would say probably the sing single biggest mistake that brands, unfortunately, will make is thinking that they have to be in the film. Um, and, and, and I get the attraction and when it's right, it's amazing. Um, when it's not brands can be disappointed. I find it's usually checking a box with some executives to say, Hey, I got us in the film. Um, but really you have to understand like, what is this, what is the purpose? What is it serving? Right? It, does it serve the storyline? Is it part of the character's DNA to have this product or to use or interact with this product? Then it makes sense. Um, but when we're looking at partnerships, we're going even beyond that. So I would say beyond auto and tech categories, which you tend to find um, integrated into films more, more than not. Um, but there are a lot of examples that aren't. One of the biggest um, examples I have of, of a campaign where they just took control is Doritos and Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, they knew that music huge piece of that movie, right? Was knew the soundtrack was going to be amazing. Um, and they came up with a creative way to put the soundtrack on the bag of Doritos. So literally you could play the soundtrack off your bag of Doritos. They put it on sale. It sold out in less than 10 minutes on Amazon and was a huge darling of the overall Guardians of the Galaxy campaign. No placement. It's, mm. it's about creativity. It's about what is making the property of the IP? Why am I tying into it? Is it because it's music? Is it because of the character, the storyline, what it represents? And I think that's another beautiful thing with Marvel and the ways you can play. When people come in to deal with a Marvel partnership or come in to deal with a Marvel film, there are so many lovers. They come in because it's action adventure. They come in because of the humor. They come in because of the heartfelt story. They come in because they've been a fan of the comic or the character for you know decades, and they want to now see it on the screen. So there are multiple entry points for brands to be able to play, and that's that's great for us, you know, to be able to carry that storyline and to be able to market those things outside of what maybe traditionally we need to do from a film traditional film marketing perspective with TV spots and outdoor and things like that. Well, that's the thing. There was a day where you just, as a marketer in the studio system, worried about your billboards and your 30-second spots. I understand what partnership, what brands get out of partnerships is what you as a studio get out of it or a content company is... Lexus, for instance, or some other product allows you to reach an audience in a way that the traditional marketing mix does not. 100%. And, and it's, it's twofold. I mean, brands, I mean, Lexus got a heck of a lot out of that, um, undoubtedly. Um, we also got a lot from that partnership. So what are the things that we get? We're able to reach audiences and fans in an unexpected way or in an unexpected place, which adds to the tidal wave, the eventization of, of things. Um, 
I think that's the first. I can't go buy a cereal box, right? Can't go buy media in an Alexis dealership. So when we're when we're in those places and we're popping up, it becomes a part of fans' daily lives. That's incredibly valuable, not just for the film, but it's incredibly valuable for the overall franchise. The other thing that they bring to the table, every every partner's different, you know. Um, they bring a lot of media support, co-branded media support, which is extremely valuable. Um, they may support our premieres. They may do experiential events, PR. Every single partner campaign, uh, this high-level macro way to think of it, is a mini marketing plan. So you've got your traditional film marketing plan of all the traditional disciplines that are film marketing. And then from a partnership perspective, every brand is doing media, PR, digital, the whole the whole suite, um, creative. And so you've got little amplifications. And if you do it right and you're doing it to specific target audiences or to give a the campaign, help round out the campaign, like the, the studio may want to focus on humor. And we're like, great, we've got a Geico over here. Geico does the most amazing creative humor spots. It'll round it out and like seed it into pop culture and just help elevate everything. So it's a very multifaceted mix. And from what I can see also is it's not just about something that appears in the movie or something that's immediately before the movie. You Mm -hmm. kind of have to take a longer term view. Yep. You do have to take a longer term view. And I would say um, in partnerships too, you know, we want to make sure we hit those traditional windows, the theatrical window, which partnerships tend to happen anywhere from six to eight weeks within that theatrical release. And then again, you replicate that same time frame in a home entertainment release. I think the art of partnerships and helping build and supporting franchises and those film windows is operating in between. So what do I mean by that? It could be doing a partnership with a video game um, that has similar characters or digital content, but it also may mean using that film IP out of window. Good example of that was a partnership that we did with Coke. They came and they wanted to do a Super Bowl campaign. That was long before we were launching Captain America Civil War. And uh, happily, filmmakers and, and marketing executives allowed me to take a risk. And I said, I think this is going to help not just from a franchise perspective, but it's actually going to help seed some of that excitement for what they're going to see in the film later on. Um, and and it was a lightning rod. And, and, I, and it was huge for Coca-Cola. It was huge for us. It electrified the fans because Hulk and Ant-Man met for the first time. So that was a huge conversation piece. So when, when you're able to remain authentic, add something new and do it out of window, it's actually really, really interesting um, and, and can help sort of lift not just those tentpole moments, but overall franchise. So as you pursue these partnership deals, what is the dynamic? Are you outside the door of Doritos or Lexus or the brands? I would imagine Marvel must have a a long line of brands waiting outside, wanting to get into these movies and do other things. How do you sift? So I think um, there are usual suspects, um, brands that play in this space. Um, and and they are constantly they see the value in in film entertainment partnerships, and so there will be the usual suspects that you either go to or that will be coming to you. That that is just you know the the regular you know meetings uh, annual meetings. What I try to pride um, uh, ourselves on is you know and I'm going to say it we, we we like to do cool shit, and sometimes that means unexpected brands. 
um, things that have never done a film partnership before. That's more important to me than going to the usual suspects, even if they are knocking on my door or even if I'm knocking on their door for other things. Um, it really... I find that the things that, uh, the unexpected, like a Geico, where you round it out, it's like, you didn't see that coming. Um, I think those things are interesting. Going to a Google and, and where they want to create in-world content and they want to do it without any branding, that's cool, hmm. right? And the fans are trying to decipher, my God, is this, what is going on here? And who is putting this out? And how is this happening? Um, that creates a cultural conversation and undertow that... Just slapping my logo on something doesn't doesn't do any good. Um, package good partner uh, that has been in this space doing something unexpected, right? So they may be in this space, they may be as a suspect. How do I push them into doing something different? Um, this was they wanted to do they wanted to be more immersive, and they said we want to we want people to be able to step into a character's world. So they created VR mask for Black Panther, um, Captain America. Their sales went up fifty percent. Black Panther was off the shelves of Walmart in less than a week. It was huge because fans wanted a way to immerse themselves more. So for me, it's how do I get that immersion? How do I get that? How do I electrify the fan base? And sometimes that means not dealing um, with some of the usual suspects. How do you electrify within Marvel all the way up to a Kevin Feige? I'm curious. <laughs> like, do they all think about partnerships or they're like, well, that's Mindy's thing. She'll come to us. That's it. It is uh, 100% of a collaborative effort. Um, you know, it will start with my team because that's what I'm tasked um, with doing at, at the company. And I will come to them with, here's the way I'm thinking about this movie. And it's critical for me to be a partner with Kevin and Lewis um, and, and whoever the executive producer is because I have to understand what is their vision. What is happening with this character? What's happening in the storyline? How are they feeling about it? How's it going to come to life um, on screen? Um, are there things that they need support from from a product placement, or is there a story that they want to tell? You know, and that I can do that with brand. So, um, 100% collaborative from from that perspective. And once I've had that genius brain dump from them um, and and know where they, they are intending to take it, then I sit down and start to construct what that looks like. Who can we go after? And it could be specific brands, it could be categories, and it could be target audiences. Um, and then I let it breathe, right? I work with my team, we let it breathe, and we come in and, and there's always the conversation, I'm like, who haven't we thought of? Swing for the fences. What's the unexpected? What's the, oh my God, I didn't see that coming? And then I go back to Kevin and Lewis and Assad and Ricky and, and talk to them collectively and say, here's what I'm thinking. They're like, go for it. Um, and then from there, you know, once we have the partners on board, some real work begins, and that's the creative. That that is the the part that takes off. You know, um, when, when you know we did the deal with Lexus, or when we did the deal with Doritos for Guardians, they didn't come to me and say, hey, I want to do a partnership with you, and I'm going to put a soundtrack on a music bag. That stuff evolves. That stuff comes out. That's when the magic happens. Is once you get on board and out of way. Filmmakers start to weigh in. They can, you know, hey, if we thought about this, um, it's real magic. It's it's a nice collaborative effort. Is there a way that being inside the Disney machinery helps what you do? You're able to perhaps take the brand to more places because Disney has all these touch points. Absolutely, um, I think that's one of the things that we, you know, we've tried to uh, accomplish. And I think we've done it well. Is one stop shopping. So I'm your brand ambassador as you navigate um, on all the Marvel touch points and, and having um, you know, the Walt Disney Company 
um, you know, in support of Marvel and all the amazing things they're doing um, just makes it that much more, um, you know, attractive for brands because brands don't want to always just come in in one moment. They're like, how can I have a longer term relationship? How can I operate in between those tentpole moments? And, you know, having the support of the Walt Disney Company, i.e. parks, live entertainment, television networks, um, all of those things are able to, we're able to amplify how a partner is able to come in the door. And, and in the back end, that helps not just the temple release, but it also helps the franchise overall. So it's, it's an amazing thing to have. I know film is really the, the lion's share of what you're doing, but there's Correct. other kinds of Marvel. There's TV, there's digital. Sure. Talk a bit about how that works in terms of partnerships, because I tend to think more of just movies, but it really isn't that simple. Uh, so when it comes to, to television shows, it depends on obviously where the show is on network. Um, if it's, if it's, you know, agents of shield, you know, I'll work very closely. Um, or if it's cloak and dagger, I'll work very closely, uh, with my friends over at the ABC, um, and freeform networks, uh, occasionally, you know, listen, they do what they do best. Um, but knowing that from a Marvel perspective, we may have a different lens or we may have a different relationship. You know, we have those big relationships with partnerships on the film tent poles. They may come to me and say, Hey, how can we, how can we work collectively together? Um, usually it's reverse engineered actually on the, on the film side. We'll, we'll try to add that, um, level of synergy where we'll work across the aisles with all those different teams. Um, but I would say if it's ABC, that's how it works. Netflix, my friends at Netflix, <laughs> I have been working with them for two and a half years now, um, to get them to, to believe in the power of, of partnerships. You know, they have come from, um, what they've been doing has been amazing. Um, and now I'm happy to report that they're opening up um, their, their, you know, uh, breath and, and, um, their vision on, on partnership. So I'm, I'm actually really excited to see where this will go. Um, remains TBD, but, uh, that's interesting. And those shows are a different side of Marvel, right? It's very mano a mano, very, um, vigilante street based, a lot of grit, very adult. Um, so it's an interesting area to explore. And there are a lot of brands out there who need that. Who, who need that type of content um, uh, to be able to get, whether it's a millennial or the Gen Zs or, or what have you. So. so Netflix change of heart with partnerships is interesting because in, it prompts me to ask, as you look at the growth of partnerships in the entertainment industry, mm -hmm. beyond Marvel, beyond film, are we seeing more acceptance from whether it's streaming services, brands, do partnerships become a more important part of just about any marketing mix out there? I think they have to be because they, um, again, you're reaching places that you can't go by. And I, you are amplifying um, media, right? All the support levers that a brand can bring. Um, so it gets your gets your message out there in deeper ways, and then you know, the interaction and the eventization that happens with fans. So yeah, I think I think people are seeing that. Um, I, I believe that Netflix is starting to see the power of it. But compliments to them, and it's similar to our strategy. It has to be right. Again, it has to go back to is it, is it fit for the story or the character? Is it authentic? Um, it's being judicious about it. Surely you've had some moments in your otherwise stellar career where despite the best analysis in the world, this brand, this movie, they're going to be to get like where it just doesn't work. I mean, have you had those? How do you deal? 
How do you deal? Um, I'd love to say you uh, duck, tuck, and roll, but that doesn't work. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of, you know, listen, I think there's some things where um, I would use an example uh, when I was working on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Everybody expects what? Pizza, right? Mm-hmm. So I had to go get a pizza partner. Uh, and I think there were a lot of things that did work, and then there were a lot of misses, Right, um, and I think some of it was the things that worked were when we stuck to what was authentic to the turtles. One of the biggest pieces of um, success within that that particular promotion was actually they recreated an actual tank that threw pizza, <laughs> and it was amazing. And you got to launch pizzas, you know, at your at your villains. That took off like lightning. It was just you know groundswell. Um, you know, I would say the TV spot was a bit of a miss, mm-hmm. right? And so I think, you know, there is always a delicate balance, you know? Uh, so that might be one that I would say. But so far at Marvel, knock on wood, we've, we've done okay. That's great. Do you, do you get a sense, though, that in this day and age, particularly with regard to Marvel's bread and butter, these movies, do you get the sense that each of them has to come with, say, multiple uh, partnerships from different categories, and is there any issues there in terms of getting brands to coexist within, say, one property? I would say, yeah, uh, brands actually are getting very savvy about this space, and and what they don't want to do, and and again, what we avoid at Marvel is what we call the logo parade. Mm. It's a logo slap. Um, brands are not interested, and I'm not interested in delivering um, a set. Uh, bank of assets and saying, here's your toolbox. Don't stray from it. You know, use this. And, and a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of studios are very prescriptive about that. And part of that comes from, I want to see the exact same message, the exact same artwork, no matter who it is. The art of partnerships is actually quite different. You've got to figure out where is that nuance? Where can I play that maybe is, you know, a hair to the left or a hair to the right? or that is a reimagining um, so that it's a, not only appropriate for the brand, but appropriate for the fans. I mean, that's just one more thing that the fans like, that's cool. You know, I go back to, um, you know, the Coke cans that we did. It was not the traditional artwork that was, you know, that you would expect to see from a film. They were graphic. They were high. They were just extremely graphic looking. Fans went crazy for it. Um, and I, so I think it's those kinds of things, right? You know, Flexus wanted to do, um, you know, wanted to imagine a car. You know, a lot of other places might say, oh, put the logos and put, put you know, the, our, our film artwork on top of the car. They're like, no, no, no. They had a vibranium tank in the background, 3D paint imaging coming off the hood. So it's, you know, again, Doritos wanting to play the soundtrack on, a, on that's not traditional. So it's being flexible. Um, and, and that's where you're going to get fans to get excited because they're going to see something different, but it's going to feel connected. And, and to go back to part of your question um, just a minute ago, you know, avoiding that logo parade, also avoiding you know, the 12, the 15 partners. I think a lot of people make the mistake that um, quantity over quality. And, and, and in partnerships, that can be a real mistake. Uh, it, it's a mistake because it's not done well usually, and they are usually just using the bank of assets. Um, and I think there's not as much flexibility to be able to create that magic within those campaigns. And quite frankly, brands hate it. 
You know, that's one of the things that they're getting smarter about. They're coming in, and it's the same with the ventures. It was one of the first questions I got asked when I was talking to people. They're like, okay, well, this is the biggest movie of the century. Let's be clear. So, you know, we know that this is your big one. You, 10 years we've been leading up to this moment, you know, the next two films back to back. You, I'm sure you have, what, 20, 30 partners, you know, and the answer is no. Um, we want the right partners. We want to be able to tell the right story. So each partner has a different position, whether it's an audience driver, a story driver, a character driver, um, or something that's just really super fun in pop culture. And with regard to partnerships for big franchises like the Avengers, you at the place now where Marvel has to think of this more than one movie at a time, that you're signing up a brand for a three-picture deal just like a talent? You can be, yes. I mean, I would go back to Audi as an example. Audi obviously um, has been in the Marvel family for, for some time. You know, Magic was created with the Tony Stark Iron Man character back in, you know, 2000 and whatever it was. I'm, I'm not getting my year right. Um, but so for them, they've been been, been with the family. Um, but I do think it's important, um, again, to keep a periscope up and really, you know, figure out what is happening out in the landscape. Um, what are people, what are audiences gravitating towards? And that includes, you know, brands, platforms, ways that we're, you know, doing things, whether it's experiential or PR or, or, or digital or mobile effort. And so I think you have to have a periscope up and you have to be able to make sure that you're looking as we're introducing new characters and new worlds like Guardians, right? Uh, or Black Panther or Doctor Strange. Um, those are outside of the core six Avengers. Um, I think you want to look at what brands are right. So yes, occasionally we'll have brands that will want to sign up for multiple pitch because they want to tap into the franchise and they want to build it. And it's hard, right? When brands turn on that engine and, and commit to that level of support, whether it's in the form of television and digital media and um, whatever's happening from a retail or a location brick and mortar perspective, that's a lot for their organization to take on. And so they want, they want to amplify it. They want to, they want to extend their legs. So yes, that is happening more and more. Um, but I would say we always want to be careful. It's, it's not about just, Oh, great. I've got somebody signed up for the next three years or three pictures checkbox. It is, is that the right brand to do it? One last question. Sure. In the year 2018, uh, are there still brands out there that don't quite get it when it comes to partnerships <laughs> that still want to stick to the tried and true billboards and 30 second spots where you have to be in the position to evangelize the value of these things? I think, um, I don't know if that it's, it's whether brands don't get it and I would never call anybody out specifically. What I would say is what's gotten difficult in this day and age um, when you have a saturated market with Facebook and Snapchat and Instagram and all these other things and YouTube and now you have influencers. Brands are looking at ways um, to make sure that they're relevant on a daily basis, right? And um, to, as I mentioned, to turn on the engine of all of their individual disciplines to point to something, whether it's for a product launch or just a co-branded message, um, that's a lot for an internal organization. So it's become harder I think to convince an organization, um, and when it happens, it's magic, and they turn it. They turn all that firepower on. But I would say brands are 
looking at other platforms. The, the, the marketplace has become saturated as far as the type of partnership. So um, if you can't offer, which luckily we can, where I can say, I can work with you in a film window, I can work with you in between, I can work with you in home entertainment, I can work with you on a film, on, on a television show, a video game, or I can create digital content, co-branded content, a series, snackable, whatever it may be, and I can reach 131 million of our fans that are, live across those social platforms. That is the point of difference. Unfortunately, not all of my fearless competitors uh, can say that, but I think it's it's being able to offer those particular things keeps brands in the game. That's a good note to end on. Thank you, Mindy, for your time. Well, that's another installment of Strictly Business. Next week, catch me as I talk with Instagram's Charles Porch. You don't want to miss it. <laughs> <laughs>